concussion protocol. I think they, they continue to evaluate them every day. I don't get into the deep weeds. I'm just trying to, I want to major in the minors. So they'll tell me what he can do, what he can't do. Uh, he's full co go at practice. I think they're discontinued to, uh, you know, whatever all those tests are, uh, they do those to make sure uh, that they're, they're on the right side of it. And, um, you know, if he continues to uh, stay out of harm's way in regards to that protocol, I would expect him to play. Well, that's got to be welcome news for Sooner fans. If he stays out of harm's way, he expects him to play this Saturday. So, um, that should be a welcome change for the offense. Now, let me ask you this, because you posed the question, uh-huh. well, if he's since he's coming back, will he be – a full go in terms of using him in the running game and some of the quarterback keepers that they've used him on. You know, after all, he did get all tuned up uh, on a slide in the first place, so it's not like you just say, well, be smart and slide. Well, that's what he did uh, whenever he got concussed. So do you expect to see some of the Wildcat stuff, the direct snap to Gray and Major, or the, what are we calling it, the Will Cat with Braden Willis or whatever where he uh, lines up for a direct snap? Are we going to see that stuff continue? I, uh, I think so, and I hope so, sure, because if you start to get predict- – What do you mean you think so? You asked me if I think that they're going to run it, and yes, I, I think that they're going to run it. If you struggle okay. uh, running the ball with Gabriel not being an option, because I don't think, man, I don't think that he's going to pull and keep it. All that much on Saturday. I just don't think that they're going to go about it that way. Um, I think that you can see it inside the red zone. And at some point, if you're struggling to run the ball, I think that, yeah, you line Gabriel out at wide receiver. And then you do it as a kind of a change of pace thing, maybe in the middle of the drive. And then after you pick up a first down or two, you go back to Gabriel at quarterback. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it was the best thing about your offense that you've had in six quarters. I don't know why you wouldn't at least go back to it at some point. You don't have to run it 20 times, but run it you know, two, three, four times throughout the game? Yeah, sure, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially maybe in some of those fourth and ones and stuff like that. Uh, at least fourth and ones maybe where you don't right, where you're not going to use tempo to get right back up there on the football and and snap something quick and you know hopefully not get a a procedure penalty with the at home announcer screaming boomer in the uh, into the mic which hey you know what and I know we're coming back home but uh, maybe you don't even play anything between the third and the fourth quarter this week right <laughs> play no music whatsoever it's just kind of a somber. Yeah, no, they'll they'll play something, um, and it'll be it'll be fine. It'll be good. Uh, I don't know. Is you know sometimes it's you feel like it's better to be on the road than it is at home, and that that probably would have should like would have been the case. It's probably good that we were playing down in Dallas. After the TCU loss, this team like, can you imagine game. if the, this team if that would have been a home right game? Uh, I mean, there would have been booze all over the place, man. 
Right. It would have been but, bad. But, like, after three, three losses, like, I feel like – I feel like it's not going to be an angry crowd that shows up. You know what I'm saying? No, it would I, well, have I been think an they, angry crowd that showed up after the. TCU I don't game. think the angry crowd is going to show up on Saturday. I think the crowd that shows up on Saturday, <laughs> literally, is going to be the overly supportive and like, "Hey, we're here for Brent. We're here for the program, and we're here because we're OU fans, and we always show up." I think the really the negative fans might be just tuned out this week. So. Yeah, I yeah, know this this team needs a needs a home game in the worst way. All right, text line. Are you um, telling me this may be a record low of run the damn balls from the uh from the stadium from the be. from the bleachers down to the field? With his tickets as low as twenty six dollars, uh I don't even know if we'll see a run the damn ball hat or t shirt in the stands on <laughs> on Saturday. All right, text line, uh help me out with this one because we're gonna try to figure out where the blame or what the reasons are of why we're sitting here today after a 3-3 three and three start. I've got several potential reasons why we're here. You tell me if you put – if there's a lot of merit to this, if it's stupid that people are talking about this, not very much. Like You, you kind of get the point here, all right? So first one up, when we're talking about the blame game, and text line, if you've got any submissions on why you think this has happened up to this point, text them in. Uh, number one, it's Muleshoe's fault. How much blame do you put on Muleshoe, the way he left, how he left the program, everything that had to go into that? Because that's one of the many things that's being cited as a, you know, as a reason for it. Um, I don't know. You don't know? I, well, let's say if, if Lincoln Riley... Like, how, how could he have left differently where the results from the players may have been different? Like, I feel like Hazelwood, Rattler, Stogner, I feel like those guys were gone anyway. Oh, Mims sounded like he was gone anyway. I mean, if Lincoln comes back, probably not here. Right. Um, I don't think if, if I, I think Kennedy Brooks would have, would have gone anyways, no matter how Lincoln left. I, I guess I just don't know like, like how any of it could have been really any different. Now, I think a, another reason people are using to blame him is, well, the roster is in a situation because of him in the way that he conducted a program. But even with that, that's, I mean, yeah, that's you know, fair. Yeah, that's fair. But you know, it's yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, that, that's the roster is what it is um, from Lincoln's tenure. Sure, yeah, that's that's fair. All right, next one. How much does this have to do with Kale Gundy getting fired? The way that he did, the timeline he did, everything with that situation. How much does Kale Gundy have to do with this? Um, I don't know. That's interesting. I, I think that the coaching staff is better with Kel Gundy on it. Right? I de- oh, I would definitely agree with that. Yes. But I, I mean, it, it, here's I, where I, I struggle with that is, I mean, the roster wasn't like, if we're talking about the roster being an issue here, 
Like, Kale Gundy, like, wasn't – whether he's here or not is not going to change that all that much. Now, could, right. he, could he have helped this during the three-game losing streak, maybe? I don't know. I just – that's a thought that's been thrown out, and I don't put a whole lot of blame on that one way or the other. Well, where does the blame fall with that, though? Like, that's not necessarily a blame. That's just that's just throwing out a situation. Sure. Are we trying to are we trying to blame is is it blame Venables for the handling of it or is it blame Gundy for the like the situation? Maybe it doesn't matter. I don't know that it necessarily does. Like like I said, I feel like the staff is definitely better if Kel Gundy's on it. I mean, I'm I I don't think that is a, a question at all. Uh, and I wish he was, you know, so like, would that change the outcome of these three games? I have a hard Perhaps. time. I, I mean, I, I yeah. have a hard time believing that, you know, Kale Gundy makes up a massive difference in a 49 nothing loss, and then what was it, a 31-point loss to TCU? I just I, – I don't know. I, right. I, I, I struggle with, with, with that one, I guess. I, I could get more right. on board with, the, with like, long-term or short-term recruiting effects – but in terms of this individual season, I mean, your wide receivers haven't been elite, but your wide receivers haven't been the reason why you've gotten off to this tough start. I just, I don't, I don't know, I, I, well, I, can't, I can't get there. That's true, but I, I don't, we can't pigeonhole Kel Gundy as I, I know, that's, and a, I, a wide I receivers coach. I, he, remember, he called the game against Oregon in the, Alamo Bowl. Best offense like, all last year by far. Tons of years of experience. I mean, he's been a part of the ups and downs. Like if there's anyone up there that that, you know, would, would be able to offer some experience and stuff through some bad times, it would be him. Uh, explanations or or um, you know, suggestions on on what what they could do offense. I mean He's he's more than just a recruiting wide receiver coach. So I like I can't I I feel like those games were so far out of question that there's not a whole lot that we're talking about here. But I also am fine saying I I don't know. Yeah, uh, you, you and I are on the same page on that one. All right, uh, how much of the blame goes to the effort so far on both sides of the ball? Not enough information given. Uh, I'll tell you what one thing I thought was striking about the press conference today with Venables, and I'm not necessarily sure like, how I like how to take it and what it means, but he said multiple times that when it comes to like not playing younger guys and playing the more experienced guys, he has said what we have seen in practice has not carried over and and unfolded in the games. Like we're not like the guys that we're seeing practice well and do well in practice, that's not happening in the game. And like I don't know what he means by that. Does he mean that well the the cues that we're taking from practice on who should play have been ineffective. So moving forward we're not going to weigh those as heavily on on who to play and who not to play. I I, I don't know if that's what he meant by that. 
or if it's like we got to refocus on like on what exactly we're asking of these guys in practice maybe to be tested a little bit more like I don't know where he was going with that but he said it multiple times well if and it, then he also said if that personnel wise I guess we'll find out Saturday if there's a youth movement right. on defense or not and he also said that you know some of the younger guys weren't playing because you know, and and he he said that it, whether you got you guys may not be privy to this, but there's there's been some like injury stuff going on with some of the younger guys as well. That guys that may or may not have had the ability, like who they would have wanted to play in the recent games. Not exactly who sure who that's a reference to. Maybe a couple of the wide receivers guys. Sure. Uh, um, maybe maybe Canick. I, has Canick always been wearing that brace on his elbow? Uh, I I have no idea to be honest with you. Um, I I I'm not like text line if if you got an answer to that, but I I don't know the answer to that at all. Yeah. So effort, like I don't think so. I don't think effort's been I mean, an issue. I I, I mean, I, I think there's more it's out perfect, there, but, but it's not the issue. Right. I mean, there's there's things that I could point to and say. Like this is not an all-out effort. Like we've got to be better than that. And but it, like I I don't know. Like so far, I think it's like I think you can group all of these together to say it's it's a factor. Like is it the factor? I'm not sure, but it is a factor, right? Well, I mean, that's kind of the tone that Brent Venables has taken up to this point. Every time we've seen him in a post-game press conference, it's just. Like that, it's it's just been there's just a multiple multitude of things. You can't just say this is a one eighty percent of the reason has been this and twenty percent have been these things. It's kind of it kind of feels like everything, which I don't know if that should make me feel better or that should make me feel even worse about things moving forward. But sure, and like going to the next one, are they too tired? Maybe, maybe they're too tired. No, but I, I it, it, it's probably like everything else. If it is a factor, it's probably pretty minimal, and it goes along with everything else. Well, yeah, they're probably tired, but guess what? Every other team in the country is tired, too. A a football season at this level takes a tremendous amount out of your body. They aren't the only team out there that's tired. Everyone's tired. Um, You know, I, I was just thinking of something, and, you know, I remember whenever he said it at the time, and I, I didn't think much of it. Probably my fault, but I think Venables was not trying to temper expectations before the season, but he did reference quite often about how many guys they're going to be playing that uh, don't have experience. It was, it was probably the quote he had at Big 12 Media Day. The one where yeah. the, the media opportunity where everyone's watching. Yeah, I, I think that may have been the first time that we heard it, actually, is when he said that. Right. Yep. So there's that in there, too. So, all right, well, is there any other ones? I mean, yeah, but there's just so many. I, I'm just kind of going to scan through the text line here. Uh, hard to believe they gave 100% effort in a 49 nothing L, I-M-H-O. 
Uh, Canik has had the brace on the past two weeks, started after Nebraska. Uh, what about yeah. Alton Tarber, a 320-pound defensive lineman? I think we quickly referenced him yesterday. Uh, just two more. Uh, Who? Alton Tarber. Lack of talent is the issue. Guys need to develop. We, we need good recruiting, and we need portal turnover out and in. And one more. Could it be Brent has tried to implement his system to fully adapt with the group that is not athletically gifted slash equipped to handle it? Well, I, I don't know. I think they're I think they're equipped to handle it. They may not be like perfectly equipped to handle it at a elite level, but I mean, come on, I. When you got a guy running free down the field because you played the wrong coverage, doesn't mean that you're not athletically gifted enough to run the the system, right? I mean that that's where that's where I lose the 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 talent issue. Like we're not talented enough. I mean, I'm not saying we have the the most talented roster even in the conference. Definitely not the most talented roster we've ever had here. But I we're talented enough to play the right coverage. Whatever it's called, and not bust. Like that's, I, I, and I, I think that we have guys that are physically gifted enough to do it. We've just, you know, we've made too many mistakes. I, we can get. I, I think there's. I think it's a good conversation. And there's plenty more, and um, I don't know. Keep the text coming. Six five one three four three nine. Hanging out at Titan Factory Direct today. They've got over two hundred floor plans and with all kinds of different custom elements to them. They get their um, orders from all over the United States, a bunch of different states out there. They work with eight of the top lenders. They can work with any credit scores. Just come in, set up an appointment. By the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. I'm feeling real good. Um, yeah, body feels good. Mind feels good. And just, you know, took it very serious how, uh, you know, the, the part of recovery and, you know, thankfully I'm at this point thanks to, you know, all the trainers and, and everyone. So, What did last hey, week look like for you? A, a lot of resting early, um, you know, preparation, you know, to, to figure out, you know, if I was going to play or not, um, you know, let up uh, until Thursday, Friday. Um, obviously it, it didn't get approved, but, you know, I know it's just, you know, the doctors appro- uh, protecting me and, and trying to, you know, keep my best interest in mind. Dylan, you The Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bring you this hour of The Rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, and uh, some breaking news on the front of the uh, KU Jayhawks. Unfortunately, it's being reported that their quarterback, Jalen Daniels, is expected to miss the rest of the season with a grade three separation of his right shoulder. Uh, tough blow for Jaden Daniels. Mm. They were off to a great start. That, uh, that stinks, man. I, I know they're a conference foe, but I, uh, I, I wish for them that Jalen Daniels was, was not out for the rest of the year. That stinks. Yeah. What's the rule on medical redshirt? Think he'll get a medical, be able to come back? Now, just a any redshirt or just the, you know, the four-game rule, you have that. I don't know what it is with the medical redshirt. I feel like it was around the four-game – kind of right around the three right. or four game area back when you were playing well all way back when yeah i don't know that is uh that is tough for them but luck- luckily enough they have a, a really good backup in jason bean he's a 
He's a really solid football player. So I uh, hate that for him. He was super fun to watch. Um, I don't know. I don't think Kansas' story's over just yet, though, for this season. I just hope it doesn't continue on Saturday. It can continue with another win over Texas or something yeah. down the road, but just don't sure. continue Saturday at 11 a.m. on ESPN2. And uh, we cited the reasons earlier of why you can't lose to uh, KU. Another reason you cannot lose to KU, uh, hopefully in two weeks' time, really in about seven days' time, everything that you've made fun of Texas for could be out the window. It's kind of yeah. hard to make fun of Texas after they beat you 49 nothing, And then if you lose to Kansas at home, um, it's – I, we'll creatively find ways to still make fun of those guys, but those are the two things. Like your record over them recently and losing to Kansas were your two easy shots at them, and let's hope you don't lose both of them in a week's in a week's time. That'd be tough. Well, hang on. I what you say is definitely true, but I mean this is a top twenty five Kansas team. A far cry from what Texas lost to. I know, to but God, it's still Kansas, previously. though. It's still you're, Kansas, you're right. but their backup you're right. quarterback is the thing. Uh. You're right. Um, I was trying not to laugh last night uh, at with the coach's show with Coach Venables. Um, whenever... <laughs> Did you listen to any of that show? I no, I didn't actually. I, I went back and watched some this morning, but clearly I'm not. I, I didn't watch what you're referencing here. Ah, uh, well, you may have, but he, uh, I, there was like a question that Toby read. I, I was the Twitter question or something. I don't know where where the question came from, but it was like a audience question or something, and it was. Asking about the similarities between whenever Bob and Venables and that crew came here in 99 and whenever he has come here now. And then he, <laughs> he, he said, he talked about actually how good the roster was that John Blake left. Oh, no. And I was sitting there thinking... <laughs> Yeah, you won with John Blake's players, Brent. You didn't hear that? Yeah. You should have. Yes, uh, that was uh, that was pretty funny. But yeah, that was that was pretty. I good. I, uh, I got a good one on on Saturday as well via Twitter. You know, we're uh, in the 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 dark feeling, right, and just in the middle of the post game show that was so dark and just depressing. And someone tweeted me and said, uh, "Oh hell, Libby ain't shown nothing yet." And that gave me the laugh and the boost I needed to finish the postgame show on Saturday. So thank you to whoever sent that. I appreciated it. We don't show nothing till Kansas week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I hope that's the case. Um, if nothing else, getting Dylan Gabriel back uh, surely will get your best player involved. I'm sure Marvin Mims wasn't too happy walking off the field with negative two total yards on Saturday. I mean, I mean, that was yeah. a really tough scenario for the offense, but at least Mims seemingly will be involved in the offense on Saturday, which is a huge deal. Are you – do you have any concerns about head football coach Brent Venables losing the uh, the locker room at all? Um, I mean, as it sits right now, no. Like, 
if you lose this week, then yeah, all of those things are on the table. Like this is the one that you really I mean, you can't lose against Texas. I understand that. Like the the worst case scenario that you're kind of envisioning um is a lot more realistic if you lose this game at home on Saturday. So as it sits, no, but if they lose Saturday, then yeah, probably. Honestly, sure. Yes. Yeah. This isn't yeah. the biggest um, game of the season, but it is a big game in that you win and you can somewhat salvage it, right? Like you either it, it, like there's a path maybe to eight wins and you can say, "All right, well the situation wasn't great, but you still got to a bowl game, the extra practice time." You you get it, you understand. I I if you lose Saturday, I just I don't know if a bowl game is very realistic at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um no doubt. No doubt. Well, um, you better win. And I don't even know how I feel yet about it. I was about to you ask feel, early week feel on this game. That's where we're kind of at right now on this Tuesday. I don't know. I feel, I feel good about it, but I don't know why. Yep, same. Well, I I know why. Um, I I feel I think I feel the same way as you do. It's it's OU and Kansas playing a game that has nothing to do at all with what happens on Saturday. But like we're I guess we're kind of leaning on the past here. Is like okay, OU's not going to lose to Kansas. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like our offense is. I actually, this may come as a shock, but. I feel like our offense is actually poised to have a really big game. Um, I think that the, believe it or not, I feel like the offensive line has rounded into pretty good form. Um, I mean, we're not winning any awards by any means with that group, but I think they've rounded into form and are and are playing fairly well. Um, the the D-line against Kansas that they're going to play isn't nearly as big and as physical as Texas. Doesn't mean that they can't and don't make plays. They do. I I think that our running game has has found – I think we found some good stuff in the running game. I mean, maybe even whether or not we do the Wildcat stuff or not. Like, even without that, I think we found some good stuff in the running game. And I don't know. I feel like – like somehow, as oddly as this, as odd as this may sound, like Dylan Gabriel probably has a huge amount of confidence, seeing that this football team has been outscored like seventy something to fourteen since uh, he has not been in. Yep. And like how much he means to the team, and I think that can be, not that he was lacking in motivation, but I think that can be like big for him where I feel like maybe he's been kind of feeling his way a little bit out there. I think like this may be the realization that this is my team and they're going to go as far as I take it. Yeah, Dylan Gabriel, uh, he'll get his loudest uh, applause in the uh, starting lineups on the uh, Jumbotron on Saturday (laughs) because these fans know how bad uh, this team is. I say they just announced Braden Willis as the quarterback. I. I'm fine with that. Uh, Parker and I were kind of making a push for him to get the loudest applause on Saturday. Braden Willis. 
Did Coach Vin, has Coach Venables named captains? I'd like them yeah. to name only him as captain. Yeah, he did, actually. Oh, was Braden Willis listed as one of the captains? Uh, let me go back and find it. Okay, you've got Eric Gray, Drake Stoops, yeah. Ethan Downs, mm-hmm. Casey Kelleher, and uh, Woody Washington are your five captains. So no, no Braden Willis. Yeah, no. I think well, I think they ro- they're rotating guys through maybe that haven't sure uh, been through there yet. My guess, but I don't know. My early um, week feel before we get to things that caught your eye. Okay, um, you know I like to sc- put a score on it. I guess sure. I'll, I, I guess uh, I guess I'll throw out OU thirty four, KU thirty one. A very tight football game. <laughs> That's a non cover. Yeah, 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 it is a non-cover. In fact, uh, it's pretty easily a non-cover with the eight-point spread. Mm. It's up to eight? Yes. The, after the, uh, the, uh, the, the KU quarterback news today, uh, it, 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 rolled up a, it rolled up from seven to eight. And I'm guessing with Venable saying that he expects uh, Gabriel to play. Huh. There you go. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hit some things. That caught my eye next here from Titan Factory Direct. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We call this segment What Caught Teddy's Eye. Let's get to it. Story number one is. A very controversial football game took place last night. Tyler, did you witness any of the Chieftains? Raiders football game. So right when I turned it on, they did a crowd shot to this Chiefs fan in the end zone right after the call was made, and it was, I wish I could like show you the video of it, but I'm referencing it, and I think some people know what I'm talking about. It was this Chiefs fan, this guy, I think he had glasses on. It was the most lunatic response to a bad call that I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh my gosh. They booed. I feel like they booed for three hours after that call was made. Yeah, they did. Um, crazy football game. What'd you think about the Raiders going for two? I I don't love it. Um, I I know that they hadn't gotten a stop in like what four or five consecutive drives up to that point. Yeah. Um, I don't love chasing points like that. Go get a stop. Um, go down and and take it in overtime or go win a field goal. I think that, and, and I think that's where you can get in trouble, man. If you lean on the analytics. And I'm sure that there's some uh, stages of the game where analytics is good to look at, but I, I think analytics can get you a lot in trouble. Look at the, uh, the Chargers last year. Analytics cost them the last game of the season. Yeah. Yeah, if they just, uh, you know, they're still, well, I think there's three minutes or so left in the game. They go for two. Um, I'm shocked that the analytics would say that you go for two there. Apparently they did. Um um, but you know, you force the punt and you know, you get the ball back and I think you've got like almost two minutes left in the football game. All you got to do is go kick a field goal. So no, I'm, I mean, yeah, perhaps, you know, the, the un, like the part that we're not looking at here is if they do kick the extra point. It's 30-30. Uh, you're not going to get the same style of offense at all sure. from Kansas City, right? They're going to be going down trying to, to 
to kick the field goal and win the football game. So, yeah, I don't know. I know that uh, a lot of people were, uh, you know, shocked by that call. But, okay, let's talk about the roughing the passer. We had the Tom Brady situation on Sunday. We have this situation on Monday night. Is this a is this a problem? It, it, my guess is some of it has to maybe stem from the Tua situation where you know he was slung down and hit his head. I, it, it was fairly similar to what happened to Tom Brady. Um, it wasn't similar to last night's, but I there's got to had to have been some type of call to the officials to to ramp up the roughing the passer calls. Is this a problem for the NFL? Yeah, it's a problem for the NFL. Are you kidding me? It's embarrassing for the league because you had what was a great Monday night game last night between two division rivals that came all the way down to the very last play, essentially, and the drama is how god-awful the rules are in your sport. You shouldn't be having that for a league that's as successful as the NFL is, man. And everyone agrees, man. Everyone seemingly agrees other than the guys that were the officials on Saturday or Sunday or geez, Monday, and, and the guys uh, in the NFL, um, it was a terrible call, man. What else is he supposed to do? It's it's awful. It's embarrassing right. for the league. Of course, it's an issue. It's been an issue. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Now, I, the thing is, like that roughing the passer call um, probably comes with a fine. Also, I. There's no way that the offense should be rewarded with 15 yards and a first down for a guy beating a block, making a sack, jarring the ball loose. Like that's just it's it's totally ridiculous. Um, last one that I've got is the new betting favorite to win the national championship. Tyler, it's not Alabama, it's not Georgia, it is the yep. Ohio. State Buckeyes. How about that? Yeah, they are plus 200, and then Bama and Georgia are right behind at plus 220. I didn't think that we were going to see that scenario play out. Dude, it was like just three weeks ago where we're saying, well, Georgia's clearly the best team in college football, and they've kind of flip-flopped seemingly every single week, yeah. you know, which is which is odd. Bama, I think, was the number one team last week. They barely beat A&M. They're back to three. I still need to see it at a high level from Ohio State's defense, but – Everything we thought that their offense was going to be um, has pretty much come true this year. I mean, they're they're really, really, really good offensively, man. God, they're good. They're good, but you know, other than that Notre Dame game, they've been so under the radar because the schedule has been really so easy for them. I mean, I, Notre Dame's the best team that they've played, and we know that Notre Dame is is not the number five team in the country like they were when they played right out of the chute. And they've handled everyone as, as easily as they could, which, you know, I'm not taking that away from them. But have we learned everything we need to learn about Ohio State yet? No, and that's what, that's what my point is. Like, I, I never yeah. have questioned Ohio State's offense. Like, they have a good enough offense to win the national championship. Their issue to me is defensively. Uh, I think Georgia and yeah. Alabama probably have – well, I think they do have better offenses than Ohio State. Is Ohio State good enough defensively to win the title? That's gonna. That, we probably won't know that until their first semifinal game, or even the or even the title game. Right. Well, I mean, even right, whenever I, I'm looking at their schedule right now, 
Um, you know, they haven't given up more than 21 points, but they're about to play Iowa. We're not going to learn anything about their defense uh, against no. Iowa. Penn State isn't terrible offensively, but then Northwestern, Indiana, Maryland, and then I even the final game against Michigan. I Michigan's a good football team and all, but like I wouldn't necessarily say that they've got one of the offenses in the country that you're no, just No, they got a tough physical of. run game which Ohio State could not stop last year, but yeah, right. if the best offense you face from here on out is Michigan then I mean that kind of proves the point, doesn't it? We're probably going to have to wait till the semifinal yep. game to see. I guess I guess the best offense that you're they're going to play is uh PSU. Yeah, they got State. two good freshman running backs actually. Yeah, they they've uh Sean so. Clifford still uh I, there's still a lot of doubters out there, but Penn State's offense has been all right. Is that your last one? Yep, that's it. Speaking of that controversial hit last night in the Kansas City Chiefs game, I mentioned yeah. that Chiefs fans were booing for like three hours after that play until the end of the game. Mm. And listen to this audio clip. This happened after that penalty was called and the Chiefs fans didn't like it. This sounds like a referee that was scared to death after that happened. I don't know if the man's voice cut out. <laughs> Or what, but he sounds scared to death. One more time. Kansas City, you just ruined a man last night. Isn't that amazing? That That is amazing. I feel like forget the call. They screwed the call up. The call's terrible, but I that is that's got to be the worst feeling ever to click your mic on in front of 80,000 people and that sound comes out whenever you try to talk. <laughs> oh, yeah. Got to love it. Got to love it. Brilliant. Um the the most odd home and home that maybe I've ever seen was announced today. Uh Bama and Minnesota are going to play a home and home. Yeah. In 32 and 33, obviously Saban will still be on the Alabama sideline once this series is played, but Bama and Minnesota, that's about as random of a home-and-home matchup that we could have gotten today. I don't know if you know this, but Minnesota has the number two scoring defense in the country right now. I did not know that. But they did lose lose to Purdue 20-10. to but that stud running back, uh, Ibrahim, is back. Uh, so he should be playing this week against Illinois. That'll help him out a ton. Uh, one more. I am worried that by the, uh, the stress of this season and how tough this season has gone, that you're probably going to retire and move out of state at the end of the season. Uh, so here yeah. are the seven most expensive states to retire to in 2022. Hawaii is okay. one. California is two, Connecticut is three, Massachusetts is four, New Jersey is five, Vermont is six, and Rhode Island is seven. So as as you get as you plan to retire at the end of the season, there's seven options that are way too expensive. Fantastic. Uh, Those are are maybe the top seven places that I would never even. The Northeast, the West Coast, and a remote island. Yeah, that doesn't sound like you. 
No, absolutely not. Um, I I guess maybe Vermont seems like uh, like a storybook place to go live, but you know it's probably in all reality. There's a bunch of meth heads running around up there, right? Yeah. That's probably what's going on That's in Vermont. That's what I saw when I was in Vermont a couple summers ago. First been in Jerry's, and there's a bunch of meth heads outside. <laughs> That's basically it. <laughs> Quick timeout. More for the rush. Coming up, we'll wrap up hour number two here from Titan Factory Direct. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. And a topic that uh, I know is not going to interest probably everyone around here, but it is the Heisman discussion. I guess this is just C.J. Stroud's trophy to lose, like we thought it might be before the year. Mm. Caleb Williams got to be in the mix, unfortunately. Anyone else? Uh, let's see here. Well, um, is, is Mississippi State undefeated? They lost at LSU a few weeks ago. That's right. Yeah, so uh, I was going to say possibly the the Will Rogers kid, but yeah, that's probably it. We haven't heard of any like skill guy that's had any like like a wide receiver or running back that's done anything just like scary good throughout the first half of the season have we um that you can think of no not for georgia not for alabama i mean georgia's got a couple of really good tight ends but i don't even I'll think tell you, stetson uh, bennett would be there either look out for um well stetson bennett is he's only thrown five touchdowns Jeez, uh, I, I know he had that nice run but um cj stroud has thrown oh my god 24 touchdowns, three interceptions. Yeah, that'll do it. Uh, the North Carolina quarterback's thrown 21 touchdowns and three interceptions. Hendon Hooker, yeah, good point, text line. He's got to be up there. They, yeah, they, they, they win on a Saturday. He's number two, right behind C.J. Stroud. Oh, yeah. Yep, no doubt. Um, yeah, interesting. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up here from Titan Factory Direct. Final hours next. Station used to.